Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea. He's here. He is? Where? He is you. I'd like to meet that guy. <laughs> and running the boards is Joey Dees. Hi. Dees. Hello! On today's show, we'll find out if BJ was raised by wolves. No, we'll just talk about the show. BJ will also talk about what he does on assignment, which is board games. Lots oh, yeah. of stuff with that. And of, of course, course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. <laughs> it's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search BHA's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Odyssey. <laughs> Lots of ways to get a hold of us. Please do so. We love to get some feedback. We got the emails. We've got the messages. We've got, you can just, you know, literally just send any of us a Facebook message and talk about the geeky stuff you're doing. It's super fun, and uh, we have a lot of listeners that do do that. <laughs> Doo-doo. Um, let's get right into the sci-fi discussion with a television show that I thought was not about sci-fi stuff, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, Raised by Wolves on HBO Max. I had no interest in watching it, and then BJ was like, no, it's actually uh, really super interesting, and just the fact that when you've talked about it previously, the the the, the mix between like religions and robot parents and just these people trying to grow up up uh seemed very very interesting to me yeah this is uh i'm we're, we're so late to the party we apologize to all you raised by wolf fans i've already known there's already I, two some, seasons out yeah this this <laughs> i was told by my friend josh and i just ignored him didn't be here and so when this show was out i didn't watch it live and then i just did a whole binge because season two just recently started i got joey d's involved i he was uh, he wasn't feeling well lately so he had wow. some time to binge uh and uh and rev you said you have or haven't watched it or you thinking about it i have not watched it but but yeah, I'm very intrigued it. by it. Yeah, especially the fact that I can just binge like the first season if it interests me uh, and get like a full story at that point and then continue on uh, via the second season, which is still releasing episodes as of now. This is, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm just I'm just going to say it because there's a lot of shows that I love. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the best science fiction show on television right now. Uh, and wow. yeah, it really, it is tremendous on so many levels and it sucks you in, even though you think it's not like, it's like, I don't know, it's not a super actiony really. And it's weird. It's got an, a weird vibe. And, and yet I kept wanting to watch more and more. And now I completely sucked into this, uh, this world that they have created and season two has not disappointed. It's gotten even better. And I, you know, I mean, it, it's uh, and, I, and you know, for the most part, the acting is okay. Except, I would say that that Amanda Collin and um, Abukar Salim have, uh, as mother and father, are really, really good. And then eventually, Travis Fimmel started growing on me, or Fimmel, however he says his name. The rest of the actors, I thought, were okay. Uh, the writing is really good, uh, and I mean, the actors aren't bad. I, I'm just saying that you know, really, it's it's Amanda Collin and Abukar Salim who, for, at least for the first season, were the we're really the big stars, and then Travis was also a part of that first season as a as a big star of it. Uh, the kids were great, you know. Uh, Winter uh, Winter McGrath as Campion is really good. Felix Jamison as Paul is really good for kids. Um, 
but it just grows on me. I, I was just like, I don't know. Should I watch this show? I watch a couple. All right. I mean, and the next thing I know, I'm like, I really, where's the next episode? Oh my gosh, I binged them all. Um, <laughs> and I wonder what Joey D's yeah. thinks of it. It's on, it's on, uh, what, I don't even know what show it was. It's on sci fi? Yeah, it's on what? HBO Max. HBO Max. Oh, HBO Max. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and again, it's called Raised by Wolves. Joe, what is your impression of it since, you know, uh, you're you and I'm me? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Especially since we just talked about disc, uh, Star Trek Disco on uh, Friday. Yeah, no, this one's definitely better. Um, I haven't binged the whole thing yet, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil it. Well, I don't want to go into it because I might get spoiled or it yeah. might spoil it for me. But yeah, uh, and BJ's not the only one who has recommended it to me. After he did, I had, you know, I was in conversation with someone like, oh, that's that's like one of my favorite shows on right now. Damn. So yeah, I and you know, it's uh, one of the more interesting sci-fi uh, concepts because it talks about this, you know, what is human, which I always like a lot. Like yeah. iRobot questions, that kind of a thing. So, uh, and you know, of course, Good CGI, good acting. So that yeah has me dra- uh, pulled in so far. But again, I had, didn't actually binge watch it because I was sick. And I think when you're sick, you have to be a little careful because you get you know that uh, you <laughs> the know, fever dreams and stuff like that. What's reality and what is it? Yeah, and you want to enjoy it, and you're like, uh, true, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not feeling great, and the, that can actually affect uh, what you're watching and your opinion of that as well. Exactly. Nice. Now, some some people complain, and we talked on Friday, the, the people complaining about the fact that yes, Star Trek Discovery is trying to take real world events, put them in a you know a sci fi setting, which is what good sci fi does. Yeah. And some people think that they're pretty clunky doing it. A lot of fans just think it's way just too much in your face and clunky. Whereas Raised by Wolves, my gosh, they take some of the oldest paradigms that we've had in our world, and that would be what people believe about religion. And they take both sides, massively extremist sides, and make it a big part of this show. Then they get androids, because as Joe talked about, because what is humanity and what has a soul, what doesn't have a soul? I mean, it is, and yet it doesn't hit you over the head because both sides are not what we know of modern day religion, okay. modern day non religion. I mean, they're both really extreme, and you can almost feel like. What would you know an extreme position on anything be as it evolves over like a, a thousand years? Take any extreme position you could have on anything, and then imagine that group of people a thousand years later and the craziness that they would believe. You know, you remember the you know the religion of cats or whatever you know in a red dwarf. you know though and or the whole thing and um again you know when you thousands of years go by human beings can make up a lot of stuff based on behavioral mental health issues and this show illustrates it so well and then you know you've got i mean the 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 robots are the ones that seem to be the coolest like to some degree (laughs) but then they're losing their damn minds because something's happening to them oh so well done and the first season uh, they they take you to this planet and they went to parts of Africa to film it and along with practical stuff and CGI and then the landscape that's really weird over there in Africa that when I say weird weird to our eyes because we just haven't seen that kind of landscape mm-hmm. it really looks like a super alien planet but does not look like a CGI alien planet some scenes you go okay that's CGI that's a green screen <laughs> but there are parts of it you go wow that looks beautiful and I think that's a practical effect right there I think that's a real whatever that is um, it's just Gosh, again, I'm late to the party because this is season two. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, best science fiction show to come along in a long time. This is, this is, you talk about like, are there any new ideas? And they've done it. Raised by Wolves is a new idea in my mind and brilliantly done. And Amanda Collin probably should get an Emmy. Uh, if she's not nominated for an Emmy, 
Uh, I, I wonder if she's going to have to wait as long as Tatiana Maslany had to wait, you know, when finally they recognize her work on Orphan Black. I wonder if that's the case. I haven't kept up with the Emmys. Maybe Amanda did win and I wasn't, but she is so good. And and I've you never even heard of her because I think she's a, a Danish actor and yeah. hasn't even done any stuff that, that, that we would know here in America. Oh, she's so good. She's just ridiculously good. Oh, and yeah. Uh, Raised by Wolves, HBO Max. Yeah, and I was just going to say, one of the hardest things about, you know, acting in those kind of shows is the AI has to be really believable. Like, you, yeah. you know, and that's mm-hmm. always, you know, real hit or miss. Like, you know, data from, or data from Star Trek, you know, you're like, you really believed he wasn't him. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Like, Brent Spiner, like, <laughs> kind of set a bar that people, like, I wasn't expecting that sort of thing. So you got to have a little bit of that emotional distance when it comes down to it. I mean, you got to be a robot. And then that's yeah. a good call. Uh, yeah, she's she's done what Brett did. Uh, what Brent wow. did, rather, yeah, Brent, you know, sorry, she yeah. really, really has. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful performance. Some that's a question I think I would like to ask someday is to ask Brent if he's ever seen the show, just to see how she performed as an android and what he thought of. You know, I I I would love to get his viewpoint on that because how many people get to play androids right? in a television show? Yeah, and then to start off at base zero, you know, where you're really not supposed to have emotions, and then to gain emotions as you yeah. go along and yeah. show that it's so so hard to do. That's and amazing. I, and I'm and I'm telling you, man, uh, the, you know, the second season. And it's wonderful because the first season we get to see one side and the second season we get to see another side. Nice. Of, okay, of, good. Of, I mean, you, you, it, oh, and, and not, literally of, of the planet and, of course, of the people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, yeah. and they don't uh, make any one side look like they're the good guys or bad guys. First you think, okay, whoever the other guys are, they must be better than these guys because these guys are the bad guys. <laughs> then you meet the other guys and you go, wow, they are all just a-holes. I mean, <laughs> You know, well, so it's, it's good to know that going into it. And that's wonderful because <laughs> you know, that's what I love about a show that wants to show like, you know, a big issue but doesn't take sides. They just show you both sides of those sides. Mm-hmm. And you go, here's the good reasons, here's the bad reasons of both sides and you're like, "Oh yeah, good old humans, that's what humans do." You know, so uh so well, so well done. I I I can't stop raving about Raised by Wolves. I know I can tell, but you got to you got to uh, uh move on because But we, I got to stop. Yeah, you got to stop because uh you got to talk about some uh board gaming and uh well, I don't want to say speaking of a-holes because that's just not a great segue. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but if I'm involved, chances are. Uh, you've been, a, yeah, you've been playing some board games. Yeah, I, you know, one game, uh, both of these games I really wasn't looking forward to play. Uh, oh, but, interesting. But my plans got canceled, and so I called my friends and said, hey, look, my plans are canceled. I don't know if you guys are doing any gaming this weekend. They go, oh, as a matter of fact, we are. Why don't you come over to your buddy Sean's house? So we went to Sean from the Board Game Alliance and mm-hmm. also Josh from the Board Game Alliance, which someday that podcast will resume once everybody can come in the building. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but those dudes, uh, we, we went over and played games at their place, and both games, I'm like, eh, all right, whatever. One of them was a sh- was a, sh- a game that Sean wanted to play called Ruination, which is uh, post-apocalyptic area control. And, uh, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I mean, I played Wasteland, some other stuff, you know, which was more of a pick-up-and-deliver post-apocalyptic game. You know, not my favorite genre, which, I mean, it, you know, I, I kind of like more of a sleeky sci-fi, like the world's in good shape, it's not just wrecked. Mm-hmm. But man, did this ruination game 
be a game that I put on my wish list. It is wow. I really, really, really liked it, man. Uh, it is very clever. It's got good minis. Uh, the way you run around and fight dudes on a map is is pretty easy to see, and yet you have uh, you really have some strategy because there are multiple tracks that you uh, you know keep track of that will end the game. There are cards you can buy that will basically make your dudes better. So it really turns into a big asymmetrical game that will be different every time, and you start off with some asymmetrical differences, but the more things you buy that show up in the places where you can buy them will be different each game. And the, the, the battling is easy to do. The artwork is very cool. I the, really like this artwork. I'm just checking it out on oh, Board Game Geek, and this stuff is great. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, and it's really quick. The turns are quick. The way you take your actions is very clever. It's it's card-based, and you have to choose, do I want to move or do I want to recruit troops? Uh, you know, things like that. And But you draw from a deck, and every time you take that action, you bury the card once you've used it and flip over the next card in the deck. So that's same action, which is move, will give the next player some other bonus ability that you didn't get to have when you moved. And all of the different actions you take are like that and out of the three of them. And it's really very clever and very fresh. And you then have to look at the decks and go, well, I really want to move, but my gosh, that bonus action on the recruit thing is really good. Oh, son of a gun, what am I going to do? <laughs> uh, or I, or I want to gather resources. And that's the three things you do. You either recruit, gather resources, or move. And when you move, of course, you go in, and that's when you're going to be fighting people. But but sometimes you don't want to do that because the other, oh, it's like the bonus on this is not that great. Maybe I should just wait one more turn and recruit because I like the recruit bonus. But then all of a sudden they come over and beat your head in. And you're like, oh, I should have moved. Uh, <laughs> to me, that's just such fun. And it's quick and it's easy to learn. And I really wanted to play it again. I was like, can we? Uh, you know. <laughs> wow, but, really? Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ruination, is a, it's a two to four player game. And it's um, uh, designed by Travis Chance and Colossal Games. And that's the game you may know. Everyone knows. That's the one with the gorilla on the cover, uh, like the gorilla icon. Uh, they did Eclipse, and they've done other cool stuff. Eclipse is the only one I can think of right now in my, in my brain. Uh, they re-released Eclipse, I should say. And it's um, it's a really, really good game. And you could probably buy it at your you know, friendly local game store. And well, let's see. Do we have a price on this guy? Uh, I can't seem to find it, but... I feel like whatever the price is, it's a good deal. Well, and um, I was just looking at the minis again on Board Game Geek, and the minis are beautiful. Like those things look fantastic. Ooh, Geek Market's selling it for like 110 bucks though. Ooh. So maybe uh, it might have been a Kickstarter, and it might be tough to get. I don't. I, so maybe I'm wrong about that. And maybe you will not be able to get it at your FLGS. Um, Ask but you him about try. it and find out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, it, uh, I do know there's a, a few websites out there that sell Kickstarter games. They, they they buy a lot themselves in the hopes that somebody will come to their site when they miss out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you can check that out. But it's called Ruination. And again, it's by Colossal. Oh, Colossal should have it at some point because yeah. they're, they're a relatively you know good-sized game company. So they should have copies. Go to their website. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, so the other game that I played is going to probably blow your mind, Rev, because you... You have to know this. Anybody that is a Generation Xer has to know this game. It is the granddaddy of of all of it. Ooh, is it uh, Robo Rally? Oh well, uh, no, it's not Damn. Robo. It's, it's in the world of fantasy. Let me try. Oh. Let me tell you that one. Oh, 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 Hero yeah. Quest. 
That's the one I'm yeah. talking about. All right. Like, there's two staples from, like, my childhood. One of them is Robo Rally, and I would never see you watch uh, playing that game just because of how infuriating programming is. Um, but then Hero Quest is one of those ones as well because you, you're not quite, you're not really down anymore with, like, traditional RPGs. And that really is a board game RPG. And when this came out in 1989, uh, you know, I was uh, I was in the midst of just running around, starting my career, doing my life. We, I, you know, I had my son was just born, so I wasn't doing any modern board gaming. So mm-hmm. I re- I wasn't aware of Catan or anything like that, or Hero Quest. Which uh, if if I if this had come out a couple of years earlier, I probably would have been all over it because there just weren't a lot of games that really served us Dungeons and Dragonsy kind of people. Yeah. And as simple as Hero Quest is, and, and there has been a re-release. Hasbro has re-released it. They did it last year, I believe, where they said we're going to yeah. redo it and and you know give you some cool minis and stuff. And uh, they changed a couple of things, but for the most part, from what I understand, with some artwork and and no longer you, do you have the cardboard pieces to make up the furniture in the rooms you're in. Oh, now good. it's all plastic, nice. uh, which some people don't like. But you know, uh, but from what I understand, the way Josh t- tells me, it's pretty much the same game. Uh, and they try to keep it close to that, even with the rule set, which, you know, you can look at the rules and go, really? Okay. Um, But I have to say, we played a couple of games of it. What I thought was fun was that younger kids could learn, like the learning curve wasn't so bad as it would be with, you know, the modern day RPGs. Really? Yeah, it really isn't that bad. You know, in order to play different characters, it's pretty basic. I guess just because of the sophistication level of people, it probably seemed really difficult back then. As I look at the cards and go, oh, there's a lot on these cards. But at the same time, I'm looking at like these young kids, you know, probably like, you know, maybe they're, you know, teenagers, 12 to 14 to 15, mm-hmm. and they're just picking it up, which means. I, well, and I remember when I was, I mean, it came out in 89, and I think we, I think one of my cousins got it right away, and we weren't playing it well when we played it because we were like, I think maybe like 10, 11, 12, around that age. So we were definitely into it. We knew what was going on, but I don't necessarily think we, you know, grokked all of the rules. Um, But it was definitely one of those ones where we were still able to get into it and have a fun time. So it seems like somebody, you know, 14 or 15, especially when you're talking about the sophistication level now, um, it seems like they would be totally down for that. And even maybe younger too, if you, if the kid can read, I, I I believe this is a great gateway game into the wonderful world of modern day RPG stuff, uh, all the way up to Gloomhaven, of course. And it was fun, you know, it was fun. And you know, the uh, Josh was our DM, and Josh was just having a lot of fun with it. You know, some DMs take it real seriously yeah. in, in the world, but this was more of like I feel like you could sit down and go, guys, let's have a couple of brews, let's just do this, and let's like let's play Dungeons and Dragons without actually having to get all Dungeons and Dragon-y with all yeah. of our, pull our sheets out and whatever. And you can be half <laughs> drunk and be the DM in this game. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Not that I was drunk when I played it when yeah. I was a kid, but and I that's mean, you know. fun. You know, and then for, you know, everybody else that played the game, like for Josh and Sean, it was nostalgia. For me, it was like, oh, I'm finally glad I got to play this game that everybody loves so much that I just missed. And then for the other kids, it was like there were minis and we were running around and, you know, there's a great story like, did I die? Did I live? That kind of a thing, which, you know, which is really what's great about our RPG games. Uh, this, uh, I think, this is worth it. I think this is worth nice. as an intro game to RPGs. I think I would introduce this to anybody to RPG games with Hero Quest. 
Plus, it's so well loved, and you know what the hey. So it's it's one hundred twenty five bucks. Uh, it's pricey, give yeah. Or take, but I mean, it, it it's worth it. It comes with a lot of cool stuff, and I guess they even have more and more missions and expansions that you could play this for days with the campaigns or weeks, months, whatever, and have fun and return to it. The simple setup in my brain is what's really key. Mm-hmm. I love that. That sometimes makes it difficult. Going back to other campaign games is the setup as a bear. Yeah. And you just go, oh, man, we really got to make a night of it. Okay, let me get ready. Let me maybe a day or two <laughs> early to get it set up at the house where you, he could, we just set this up right after we played Ruination. He was like, all right, bump, 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 bump. there it is. And you're like, well, this, this was fun and it wasn't a long time to set up. And wait, we, there's campaigns. We can grow our characters to some degree or, you know, with get, you know, getting, you know, the equipment that you get. Okay. I'm nice. in. I'll do it. All right. So, uh, Hero Quest, the new version. It'll bring you back to your childhood. <laughs> Perfect. Well, now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what's going on? Before we get into The Geek Sheet, I did want to give a shout out to listener Caesar because he's always hitting us up whenever he's doing pretty much anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. And he listens to uh, our podcast and so many more. He listens to my other podcast, The Broadcast. Yeah. Like, so he loves movies, he loves travel, he loves food, and he's always sending me pictures of his food that I can't have, and it pisses me off. <laughs> but he did mention to me the other day that he went to go see the new movie Uncharted. Oh, oh yeah. Tom Holland. Yep, mm-hmm. Tom Holland and Mark Marky, Marky Mark. <laughs> oh, don't, say, don't say that. Don't say <laughs> it. I know, I know. I won't, say, I won't say it to his face. He did yeah, say, though, know. Uncharted was a fun movie. Ah! And a lot of people were kind of, you know, poo-pooing it because it was getting 40% on the tomato meter. That's only got 202 reviews of that. Okay. Audience score with over 2,500 verified ratings, 90%. Oh, wow. wow. They made a lot of money. This is a popcorn flick then. I I have a feeling it's, it's... you're watching it because of the fun action sequences, I, kind of like a Fast and the Furious, which I think is what we kind of predicted anyways. Yeah, absolutely. So, they're looking for treasure, right? But, you know, it's uh, everyone's vying for treasure, including this old family that's very mean about it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're wanting to see a movie in theaters, that's not any of the other <laughs> The movies. ones you talked about on Friday? <laughs> February. Yes, that might be a good one. Like, Because I know some people just love the movie theater experience. Oh, oh absolutely, yeah. 100%. That's my favorite way to watch horror movies. And this is like with big action flicks like this, that's the best way. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can have the greatest setup at home, but it's not the same. I agree. Uh, Unless you're like, might be like some of those fancy celebrities that well, yeah, have, have an actual theater. Yeah, they have the actual yeah. theater in there. Yeah. Then, well, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I did want to like point out a couple. I saw some fun posts and memes that I did want to get to because I thought this was super silly. And it was posted. This is a screenshot from. I, so take it with a grain of salt. It could have been altered, but I don't think it was. Okay. It's from Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. They said a coin toss before a football game. Is just rolling for initiative. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you're only using a, a, a two-sided die right there, but uh, at the same point. Could you imagine if they had to use like a big old complicated like four, five, six, 20-sided die? <laughs> Everyone, yeah, everyone's coming out with their little dice towers. It's like, all right, get ready to roll for initiative. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, if you go first, you get, right? you get to choose. Yeah. that's and, <laughs> and sometimes, you know, choosing turn order with the NFL, they'd rather go second. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I do have one more little screenshot I did want to point out. Something that I never thought of. Hmm. So do you remember in Avengers Endgame? Okay. So when Steve threw the hammer for Peter to hold on to with his webs and use it to ride it, it didn't fall to the ground like it did in Age of Ultron when Quicksilver tried to do the same. Meaning that Peter is cana- I can't say it. Canil- canonically. Canonically. 
non-canonical. Can, Sorry. Yeah, can, uh, canonically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just picturing uh, Bob's Burgers non-canonical, non-canonical. Anyways, <laughs> with the little bronies. Uh, so he is actually worthy to wield Mjolnir. In- <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know me. The- I'm not a I'm not a huge fan theory guy, but I like this one. Like it's not even a really. F- I mean, I guess technically it's a fan theory, but it's pointing out something that was obviously there. And yeah, that could be a, by that, sussing it out. I haven't heard anybody talk about this, and yet that's an interesting Easter egg. Why did yeah. it take this long? I mean, because I remember the scene now, and you're right. right. Like, why didn't that just fall to the ground, but it kept going? Well, unless it was going somewhere, and therefore he's just hitching a ride because, you know, sometimes Thor summons the hammer. Uh, and you're talking Stormbreaker, right, at this point? Uh, in no, Endgame? No, no. Steve threw the hammer. Yeah, the hammer. Where did it come from? Because remember, in, he it, went. He went. Uh, Thor went back, and he got another Mjolnir. Oh, right, right, right. And yes. he brought now it back, remember, yeah. so he had the two. Yeah, I just watched Infinity War recently. That's why I was like, "Wait, what are you talking about?" I, I, I I'm, I'm in the yep. process of watching all the Marvel movies. Aww. I totally forgot he got another hammer. Damn it! All right. Well, I kind of want to ask you now, since you've said you've been rewatching them. Are you watching them in order? Or are you yes. okay? I'm watching them in the in the release order, not in the in the time in the chronological order of the movies themselves, uh, like with their own universe. I'm watching them when they were released. Now I got to ask, going back and watching all these movies again, is there a movie that you didn't really like the first time around that you're now having more appreciation for because of what has happened in these other movies? And or have you seen a movie that you used to really like and you're like, eh, it's not as good? I will say this. I I actually uh, liked Iron Man 2 and 3 better than I thought I would. Yeah, okay. I really do hmm. have a. I, I I really think they're better movies than I thought. I didn't like The Incredible Hulk. It was okay. Yeah. Mm, I just yeah. only because of the fact that uh, you know Ed Norton's a great actor, but uh, you know Mark Ruffalo's better Hulk. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but I'm really liking them all. I I have to say now I'm a super fan. There was I was watching some of the movies going like you know I no doubt about it, I'm a super fan and maybe this wouldn't be the greatest movie ever or or it's way too long, but. Um, it's it's there. It's just quite a production. It's an amazing creation of the Marvel universe, and then the the one shots that Disney has thrown up that I didn't see all the one shots that were you know basically bridges between movies that mm-hmm. they did, uh, including the one shot for Peggy Carter that was I never saw that, which of course led to her series. Uh, I missed that one shot that started that whole thing off. So I um. Yeah, uh, so Vicky, I would say the Iron Man movies I have a better appreciation for. I like them better the second time around. Okay, uh, I should say two and three. I, of course, Iron Man one is fantastic, and right. it's probably you know what I have to say it probably still is whoa, top three of all Marvel movies. It's so good. Gonna put you on the wow. spot. What would uh, the other two top three would be? Oh wow, um, I think Civil War is really good. Okay, and nice. Yeah, boy, you know something? Uh, I hate to give this to the Rev. Uh, but I really think Avengers uh, Infinity War, Mm -hmm. it is slightly better than Endgame. Um, You know, as far as, yeah, I I mean, it really, it's really, it's just really good. It's it's like Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. It's like, you you know, the, it's like, it's just, it leaves you on the cliffhanger, but it is such a great movie, (laughs) and I don't think there was anything, any movie that could have come close, though Endgame still was a good movie. I I still remember walking out of the Friday night screening (laughs) of uh, Infinity War, me wearing my gauntlet, my Thanos hoodie, Mm. just smug as all get out with everyone else being like, what the hell just happened? And just sitting in the car with my wife being like, she's like, I don't like that movie. I was like, why didn't you like that movie? Because it didn't end the way you wanted it to? She's like, yes. How are you not like booed and have like popcorn and somehow tomatoes, like people would find tomatoes and throw them at you like they did in the old timey? I think everybody (laughs) was just in shock. 
So yeah. I just I was able to just kind of sneak out, you know, a little bit of a high step there, just strutting my stuff, being like, "Yeah, Thanos is the man." I knew and he was going to uh, get his uh, his his comeuppance, but it, he got a movie he, where he won. But the uh, and the, the thing that I noticed second time around, or probably fourth time around, because I know I saw it a bunch of times. Um, but this latest time around, really, the nuances of Josh Brolin's acting and mm-hmm. really feeling for Thanos, he really thinks. This is the right thing to do. There were moments where he could have really killed people just because he was a horrible guy, and he didn't. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he let Iron Man live. He beat the crap out of him, and he had him he had his head in his hand, and he could have killed him, but he was like, you know, he didn't, he wasn't that guy. He really thought he was onto something, and, you know, the scene where he had to sacrifice Gamora, I, you know, it's... Oh, man, that's just great acting and a great story when the bad guy is not just <laughs> twirling his oh, yeah. mustache. Totally. Bad guy. Yeah. Another good example uh, would be uh, Killmonger. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one, too. Yeah, uh, and I I saw that again, and that was really a, a very powerful movie, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, lo- and, and just, you know, just loved everybody on that. Michael B. Jordan and, and Chad Bozeman together were just fantastic. And all of the guest stars. I mean, Angela Bassett and, um, oh, why can't I think of... Lupita uh, Nyong'o? Saw Guerrera. Uh, oh. well, yeah, Lupita's great. I, I was thinking of Saw Guerrera, mm-hmm. but I'm, what's the actor's name? Uh, Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. You know, just <laughs> the, and, of course, uh, Letitia Wright was so mm-hmm. good in it. And, um, I know. I'm. I, I, it's just a, some great characters, really. I mean, Black Panther, yeah, yeah that was a good... Of course, I like that movie. So seeing it again, it was like, well, of course, this is just a, a wonderful movie. And oh man, but Xfinity War just had everybody. I mean, you know, and, and Denia Guerrero, which I, you know, if I'm Denia Guerrero, uh, yeah. you from, mean, yeah. Do you mean Infinity War? Uh, well, both actually. You Infinity said Infinity War. War. And, did I say Infinity yeah, War? Yeah. Well, <laughs> see that on a see that adver- advertising works. Uh, <laughs> I'm just picturing Infinity War. Like how, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Infinity War. Black Panther. Uh, she's so good. And man, you know. Uh, and also the uh, I really had a great appreciation for the dude that was leading the uh, the old the old timey tribe. Uh, the, the Jabul. Uh, oh. I can't. Mbaku? Uh, no. Mbaku? Yeah, that was yeah, the character. Mbaku. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah, him. Mbaku, that dude rocked. I, I didn't appreciate him as much the first time around, but I really liked him the second time around. If I remember correctly, I think that whole like vegetarian line, I think that was improvised. Dude, that was, oh, that so, was funny. That so funny. That is so funny. That was, you're right. <laughs> Vicky, that was, that was like an Indiana Jones shoots the dude moment right? yeah. when he gave that line. It was really well. And if that was improvised, that actor deserves a hell of a, a lot of credit because that was a great line. That is like a perfect character of, or example of a character you're like yeah you are a piece of crap you're annoying you're just you know one of the guys that wants to be like tougher than the main character mm-hmm. and then proves to be lovable in his own way and be an ally like it's oh, i loved him yeah I that him, is Baku. that's an example of non-toxic masculinity because that. look pounding of the chest you know all that stuff all of the on you know the warrior all that stuff but really at the end of the day the dude was a good he was honorable yes. and you know that's what a lot of you know, masculine men, if they really are up to their game, that's what they aspi- aspire to be. That's what I loved about that movie. It really showed, like, men at their best. Masculinity Agreed. at its best. Black Panther did that so well. Uh, one other thing, if you uh, it's a meme. It's more of a visual meme, so I do uh, invite you to go check out our Facebook page and scroll back a little bit. Totally. Uh, this is actually really cool. Uh, my friend posted this, and it's like, uh, she's the one that shared it. That's how I found it. Uh, but it's a picture of a tweet that Ikea, you know how they do those fun displays? Like, here, if you're a musician, you know, you could put your guitars up here. Like oh, they, yeah. They style every room differently, showing you what you can do with their products. 
But recently, they did a display for cosplayers. What? Oh, really? Yeah, it was fantastic. Like, organize your favorite cosplay gear for your next video or event. And they showed you how you can organize your costumes so you can display them as well as, you know, keep them organized, your wigs, maybe your other costume pieces. Neat. And I was like, you know what? Shout out to Ikea. That's pretty cool. (laughs) If you guys want to see it, please go to our Facebook page. Scroll down. You'll see it. I, you know, I'll tell you, man, what I love, uh, what I remember about Arrow is they had everybody's uniforms on, like, you know, dummies, basically, mm-hmm. oh, while yeah. they weren't using them in, in their lair. And I always thought, man, that's what a great idea for a cosplayer to have your lair mm-hmm. where your closet really is a, a display piece. Maybe you make your living room into a large walk-in closet that everybody uh, can see. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> if I didn't have a bed in my guest room and promise it's a BJ for when we do game days, <laughs> I would totally turn my spare bedroom because I already have my office for crap. But yeah, that would be my costume That's closet. And, and just think about that too. It's just my crash area. Yeah, it's you, a crash area. If you have all of those out at that point in time, people are going to think that your house is always full of people. That too. <laughs> I you don't have to worry about that. Oh, dang it! I shouldn't have got rid of my, my styrofoam heads. Just put them by the window, you know, Kevin McAllister style in Home Alone. <laughs> That's not creepy. <laughs> yeah, not creepy at all. It's like, yeah, no, there's people here all the time all in the same spot. The time. <laughs> well, until, <laughs> until next time, guys, stay nerdy.